What's happening, everybody? Kira and Ben here again. <laughs> I don't. I tried to. I tried to do something different, but I like the rhyming. I think of Ben and again. Yeah, I do too. Like it goes together. And uh, since I write poetry, it kudos. 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 I do not write. I don't know. I don't write poetry. <laughs> so. Welcome back um, to this week. Um, I know we've been covering a lot of all different kinds of films. Getting back to what I would consider my roots, uh, female-led horror, and we're doing 1981's Possession. Yes, something I'd never seen until you said you have to watch Possession. Great movie. Not for the faint of heart. No, no, very gory. Very gory. This movie was actually banned for a little bit. Oh, yeah? Yes, because of the subject matter and the grotesque scenes. The first version of it, not the version that we watched, but there's another version of it that was released that was heavily edited down and very cut. And then they were like, "Uh, this isn't the movie. And then they've released this movie. It has now achieved some cult status. It is a very big movie, I would say, now. And it is is a, a tough watch. I, I'd never seen it, and um, I was just like, my mouth dropped on some scenes. I was like, what? <laughs> right, and I think what, and I think because what it is, it is such a subtle, it is a subtle horror movie. Yes. It is not in your face. There's not a lot of, there is a lot of gore, but there's not a lot of, like, monsters. No. There is some supernatural aspects, but it get, but it, so earlier we were talking, when we were talking about prophecy, Um, if you have listened to the prophecy episode, we were talking about how horror can mean and do a lot of different things. Yes. And how it can mean a lot of different things and how it can be a lot of allegories. And to that, to me, this is an allegory for the disintegration of a toxic relationship. Yeah. And it is done, I think, so beautifully in and in so many different ways. So to start off, this um, this film is set in Berlin, in Germany, and it is set during the time of Berlin being split. And I think the point of this is so important because you're talking about a divided marriage in a divided city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So we already have this to begin with. And so our Mark, our our protagonist, well, Mark and Anna, I'm going to call them simultaneously protagonist. It is really a movie of just them. We do have side characters, um, but it is just them. So we have Mark and Anna. And now Mark is a spy and he comes back from some espionage mission or whatever. Guy with the purple socks? Yeah, something with purple socks and a briefcase and all these weird Which comes photos. into play at the ending. It does. Yes. Yeah, okay, this movie is so good, you guys. Okay, so Mark comes back and he has met with his wife, Anna, and Anna goes, I just like, not even like in the street, like holding his bag. She's not even like, hey, welcome back. She's like, our son's at school, and I think their, son, their son's name is Bob. Yeah. Hilarious name for a child. So Bob's at school. I want a divorce. And he's like, what? Yeah, right after rip. I just got home. So she's like, no, I'm unhappy. I want a divorce. So now they're together and they're talking. And he's like, you're not going to leave me. Da, da, da. She's like, I've left you. I'm leaving. This is not for me. Um, she then is now entered into like, so while he's gone, she has entered into a relationship with a man named Heinrich, who is what in the beginning, what you would think everything that Mark is not. To, he is exciting. He's otherworldly. He dances. He wears like a black satin shirt. I don't know. So Anna leaves to go be with Heinrich. And now Mark is spiraling. He's like, I just got home. What? Like, let's work this out. You're not giving me a chance. 
And um, he is there to then take care of their son, Bob, who I would say is like five or six. What would you say? He's about five or six. Yeah, he's like five or six. I don't know. All small children. He's not a baby. He's not a baby. He he can somewhat fend for himself. But comprehend what's going on. Yeah. And and that and I think that is the most important part, the comprehension of what's going on. He understands. So Mark and Anna not together right now. Anna leaves to go be with Heinrich. And then Mark goes into this depressive episode. He's in a hotel for three weeks, just sweating in bed, just like spinning and sweating in bed. And then he like comes to and he's like, what ha- what has happened? Where where am I? What time is it? And the lady's like, it's been three weeks. So now he runs back to his apartment because he's not there. And he bursts open the door. Anna is not there. And their son is covered in jelly and sticky shits everywhere and it looks like this child has been neglected for three weeks which he has and it is very sad and so then mark's like okay i'll i'm i'm here with you i'm gonna start like taking care of you yeah you're his dad you should take care of him so now he's calling anna trying to get her back and now anna comes back and her and mark have a lot of fights i mean the amount of okay so trigger warning for this movie brutality abuse because there, I mean, the one scene. So before before she goes back to the apartment, um, they meet in a diner or a cafe, I should say. And I love actually how they sit in the cafe. So she sits on one corner and he sits on the other corner of the booth. And they're both facing away from each other. So it looks like they're not there together. And it looks like they're not talking to each other. Um, but they are. And they get into this fight. And she's like, I'm leaving you. I don't want to come home. I don't love you. I don't want this. I don't want that. And he just starts. First of all, flipping out, he throws all the glasses on the table, yeah. starts throwing a chair at her and like chasing her through the restaurant. She's just screaming. Yeah. And I was like, in public? Yeah. What's happening? Different time period. <laughs> what? No one really acted like anything. It was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, there, there was like some guys at the end, when he started throwing chairs, the one guy at the end was like, oh, get out, get out. You got this. So she does. And then. It's it's very cool because not cool. I don't want to use the word cool, but it's very interesting to see that sort of violence within their relationship outside outside of their home. And then so then she comes back home and in between all this, Mark has come to confront Heinrich and he's like, Heinrich, um, what are you doing? This is my wife. And Heinrich's like, Anna's with me now. But at the same time, Anna is still very elusive to the both of them. Yes. Yep. And no one knows why. So they're both trying to nab her down, but they can't. So so Mark beats up Heinrich or tries to beat up Heinrich. Yeah. It's not successful. So then he goes home and he beats up Anna. Now, yeah. Yeah. this fight scene <clears throat> is, so, so, is so crazy to me. So he goes and Anna's cooking with like an electrical knife. Yeah. She's slicing a, a meat with this electrical knife. And as she's doing that, he starts yelling at her and then just literally slapping the shit out of her. And then she just starts. There is so much abuse and violence in this movie. If Like, I cannot express enough that this is a tremendously tough watch. Yeah. Yes, it is. There's, there's a lot of domestic violence. In this. Like, <laughs> like abuse, verbal, uh, physical, it, like it covers all the aspects of domestic violence. Yes. So this, I, I, I do want, I do want to make that very well known. So slapping the shit out of each other, right? To the point where Anna takes 
No, to, to the point where they go outside. Yeah. And they're outside slapping, and she's just running around screaming. And I love this scene when she's running around screaming. She has, like, blood coming all out of her mouth, and she's just screaming at him. Like, what are you doing? Like, actually, not even saying, what are you doing? Just literally, viscerally, gutturally screaming. Yeah. And it's really powerful. It's really crazy to me. It's beautifully done. In, in, in the sense that this is point to tell a story because the point of possession is to talk about the disintegration of a toxic relationship and everyone that is affected and how it affects you. Right. So we're led to believe, so they have this huge fight. Anna leaves again and then comes back and is fine. Mark is still there. And then they have the electric knife fight. They have so many fights, I confuse them. Yes. So the electric knife fight is also a horrifying fight. So Anna is cutting yep. the in the kitchen, the meat with the electrical knife. Yeah, like roast beef or something. Like a roast beef, yeah. It looks I didn't I didn't even know electrical knives existed. Meat is not that tough. It was something in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. We had electrical knives. It was a big thing. It was cool. Yeah. We're trendy. Right. So she has the electrical knife and she's cutting and Mark is there just berating her because that's what he does, because that's their relationship. So they're doing that. And then she takes the knife as it's still going and just puts it to her throat and just starts cutting her neck. And then he's like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? And she runs out and she goes to cover herself, like to clean it up. And as she's doing that, Mark is now on the ground staring at the knife and decides to start cutting his own arm with it. Yeah. And it's like the abuse that the 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 hate abuse that they can give to each other is only so much that they start harming themselves, yeah. which is like, obviously, you guys need to get out of this relationship. So we're toxic. He- toxic. And Mark is Mark is the main one. Mark is there. He is. He's like, I'm trying to fight for this, trying to do this, trying to do that. And we see most everything from his point of view to start. And to start, we're like, oh, Anna's bad. She's cheating on him. She's leaving him. But what we don't see and what I think is a big flip of the movie for me is when Anna starts to recount the miscarriage that she has in a gruesome scene. So before before we get to that, Mark is obviously distraught. So he hires a private investigator yep. because if Anna's not with Heinrich and Anna's not with Mark, where is Anna? Turns out that Anna has a secret apartment and now the private investigator finds it and it's kind of weird. It's huge. It's goopy, very barrenly um, decorated. There's like a room with a bed. There's like a kitchen and that's about it. So we see Anna getting confronted by the private investigator in this very weird apartment and she attacks him. And kills him. And now all now this sets off a whole other thing. So now now people know about the other apartment. Now Mark knows about the other apartment. But now this cop is missing. Or this private investigator is missing. Yeah, well, he sees something. Yes, cop. he sees something. Yes. What could it be? What could it be? What could it be? Uh... Um, but yes, he does <laughs> see something which causes Anna to kill him. So now Anna comes and goes from this apartment, flits back in and out of Heinrich and Mark's life. And they're all trying to get make sense of it. So now Anna is now confronting Mark in their apartment. And she is talking, tell, recounting a, about an abortion that she has had. And this scene is, I think this scene is the most prominent scene yes. in the movie. I think when people talk about this movie, they talk about this scene. I think the actress's name, I'm going to pull it up just because I want to be correct. Um, I believe it's Isabella, um, Isabella something, give me give me one moment i'm so sorry but her acting in this scene to me is 
unreal because obviously, um, oh, it's Isabella. I got it. Isabella Ajani. Okay. I can't pronounce her last name. My bad, guys. So, I think it is Isabella Ajani. Yeah. Isabella Ajani. The acting that she does in this scene and the physicality and I think the emotional, like, emotionality of it is so, it must have been exhausting to film this. So she is walking in the subway. She is walking down to, like, an abandoned tunnel of the subway and she starts screaming and feeling something coming out of her and she starts bleeding. And now she is just bleeding and oozing and basically just kind of falling apart from yeah. the inside out. Yeah, like slime comes pouring out of her. Slime from every, like her ears, her mouth, yeah. her nose, her eyes, out of every part of her body. Yeah. She's oozing this like pus and blood and like disgusting. Yeah, it was nasty. And she's screaming. She's throwing her body around. And this is this is this is her dramatization and account of the miscarriage that she has. Yes. But what is the miscarriage that she has? A weird creature in her bedroom. Yes. So now this, like, let's talk about this creature because obviously it did not come from her. It is not her baby. No. It is what I believe the the embodiment of the toxic relationship that she has with Mark. Yeah. Right. Because it's the only thing that's dry, that's keeping them together. And even though they are separated, she is still drawn to this creature because it's still a part of Mark. And this comes into play later. So a lot of moving parts to this. Mark has now entered into a infatuationship, I will say, or as the kids nowadays call it, a situationship. Um, he now becomes infatuated with his son, Bob's teacher. Who looks like the wife. Who is played by Isabella Ajani. Yeah. So he, she looks just like the wife in a wig and, bl- and green contacts or something yeah. like literally is the same and i think what is important about this is that obviously the teacher is not supposed to look like her yeah. and the teacher is supposed to be someone else but what we're looking at is we're looking at the teacher through mark's point of view and he is still missing anna so he is seeing anna on this teacher yeah. and he is imposing what he what he wants into this teacher and he says it when he has a conversation with Bob because Bob is asking about the teacher versus mommy. And he's like, oh, but like, and he goes, oh, do you think she's as beautiful as mommy? And now we know that this person is the same character, the same actress. Yeah. And he goes, no, no one is as beautiful as mommy. She's mommy. She's who we love. She's she's coming back to us. She's our mom. And I think that I think that part is really interesting because even if you're blinded by all this toxicity, you're still looking for that other person in other people. Yeah. And even if you find it, it's still not what you want because they're not that person. Yeah. Like I know a lot of times you get in a relationship and they'll say, you know, you should do your hair like this or you look better dressed like this. And then you start doing these things, but it's basically the person trying to mold you into the person that they once had. And then once you do all this stuff, they break up with you because you're not the person that they found love with. Exactly. Yeah. And I think and I think the difference with with this is that Mark is just wanting Anna. Yeah. But he doesn't but he doesn't really want Anna. He wants to control Anna because he doesn't I don't think he loves her. He views her as a possession. He views her as a possession. Yes. And so then so then okay, so now Heinrich goes to the apartment with Anna into her secret apartment. He sees all these body parts yep. in her fridge. He sees this 
pussy, oblonged creature in the bed. He gets freaked out and he leaves. And he asks Mark to meet him in a bar. And then this part to me was like so crazy. And like, I don't know if like, I don't get it. So him and Mark meet in the bar. They're talking, they're talking. And he's like, oh, you saw Anna and like sets him off. And then they go into the bathroom and Mark kills Heinrich. Yes. What? Yeah. Just kills him. Yeah. And then stages it to look like a suicide. Throws like pills everywhere. He's like, oh, this is fine. What? Yeah. Because he, as he views her as a possession. No one else. Heimlich, Heimlich was going to tell. He was going to turn her in. Yeah. And therefore, she'd go to prison for life. And he'd lose her. He'd lose his possession. And he can't have that. No. So now, so now Mark goes to the apartment. He's killed Heinrich. Yeah. No one has watched Bob, I would say, for about a month now. Yeah. Well, the lady. Maggie. Yeah. But Maggie's a basket case, and Maggie doesn't count. So yeah. Anna has this friend, Maggie. Maggie and Mark hate each other, but it seems like they she wants to sleep with him. She, they do sleep together. They do sleep together. Yes. And he hate, they hate each other, but he's like, all right, Maggie, you're going to watch my son while I figure this out. So now Mark goes, and he sees the creature, and he also sees Anna having sex with the creature. Yes crazy scene and then what happens and what i think is so important and what i think is very crazy is that so we've talked i I mentioned this earlier and this is something i believe when i watch the film is that this creature is the embodiment of their toxic relationship right he this creature because then the creature morphs into mark yes and now we have two marks i would call creature mark the idolized version of Mark, what Anna wants in the relationship, what she was hoping for in the relationship, what it's kind of like you enter into a relationship with someone and obviously there's lust and there's passion and there's feelings. But then from that, you also start creating expectations and hopes and dreams within yourself for like what you want out of this relationship. Correct. Yeah. So as this is happening, it is this, this creature that she, that, she miscarried in, into this idealized version of what she wants her relationship to be, what she's holding on to, is now a, a, a version of Mark. So now we got Mark and Mark and Anna fighting through the streets of Berlin, chasing each other till they get back to their original home and apartment where Bob and the teacher are. Because Maggie's gone and the teacher is now watching Maggie's Bob. Maggie's dead. Ma- oh, Maggie's dead. See, everyone effing dies. Yeah. Didn't Mark kill her? No. Who'd Anna killed her? Anna killed her. Yep. See, because she saw the she saw the demon. She saw the creature. Yeah. And Anna would protect the creature right. because that is the idealized version of her relationship with Mark. Yeah. God, I forgot that Maggie. I hated Maggie, so I really blacked out every scene yeah, that she yeah. was in. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I did. So that happens, and now they're fighting, and now we have Mark and Mark and Anna, and I creature Mark. Yeah. Stronger than everybody. Yeah. They end up going. They end up going to a house. No, it's their apartment. Like the steps to their apartment. Yeah, but I thought like after they go to uh, they they go to a house. Remember with the police car when he takes the police car. Oh yeah, because they steal the police car because Heinrich's mom is getting involved. Yeah. So this movie, okay, guys, we're jumping around because a lot happens. A in lot this. happens. A lot movie. happens. You. It's are, a good movie. It's a good movie. So a lot is happening and going on, and we talked about this with three idiots. These plots are rich with storylines. So. Maggie's dead. Anna kills Maggie. Uh, Heinrich's mom is getting involved because Heinrich is dead. And she's like, my son is dead. Creature Mark, real Mark, and Anna are all fighting. 
Mark steals a cop car. They're all, Bob is nowhere to be found. He is at the apartment with the teacher. And it's kind of, this is what I would call the climactic scene. What do you think? Oh, 100%. This is when it all comes to the, the fruition. This is where, you know, the confrontation, the chase, and what's the outcome going to be? The outcome is Mark and Anna dying. That's the outcome. They kill each other. After all this death and all this destruction and everything that they do and all their love, what did their love accomplish? Nothing. Death. Yeah. And then the the remake of Bob, Mark. Mark jumps out of the, the house. It's out of the, the stairwell that they're in and goes to where? The house where the other Anna is. So was this Anna also a clone of the other person? Or like these, did these things take over both these people? Like was Anna's, um, the, the Anna that's standing there at the house part of Mark's creation of what he hoped Anna was? Like, because Anna did it with him. So did he do it with her and make these alternate beings? So I, I, I agree and I disagree. So I believe that Anna, the, the, the mysticism of the creature and the idealized version of Mark, I think goes, is from both of them because it's both their ideas of what they wanted for their marriage. I mean, but she literally loses that in the subway and then has this creature that she maintains. When we're looking at Anna as the teacher, that is the teacher but looks like Anna because that is what we are supposed to feel projected. I don't think that's what she's supposed to look like. That is what Mark has projected onto her. So that is how we view her. But that is my idea. So then what I think is so powerful, we have the now we have creature Mark who is just as bad as Mark in this idolized form, knocking on the door, trying to let the teacher, trying to have the teacher let him in. And to me, this movie the, is gruesome and it is powerful and it is heartbreaking but to me the worst part of this film is how it ends because you have bob running from the table hearing the voice of someone trying to come in what he doesn't know it's not his dad and you see the teacher going to answer the door and him screaming don't let them don't let him in don't let him in don't let him in running into the bathroom and simulating drowning himself because he knows, because he's been cognizant this whole time, he's been neglected this whole time, he sees what this kind of toxic love does, and he would rather die as a six-year-old than go through and live that again, which to me is the most gutting part of this story, because when you're in a toxic relationship, and when you're in a situation like this, you can't see outside of that, even if it starts to affect your child, and I think that is a huge arc of this storyline, is that they let their own emotions and their own egos and their own selves get in the way that they just that they did not pay attention to their one responsibility, which was their kid. Also, when he's screaming, don't let him in, don't let him in. Could that be a reflection of like her saying in her life, she should have never let him in? Yes. Yeah. And vice versa. I mean, because like this movie, I know it says possession. So you think it's a possession or demonic or something like that. But it's actually a possession of how people view relationships. They become possessions and a lot of relationships. Not not all, but a lot of people view the person they're with as a possession. And it's, you know, falls back on the, if I can't have them, no one can sick mentality. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And it's really, it's really devastating to me because you see so many relationships like this. And like, you know, so many people in bad situations that can't find their way out. And relationships are hard and building relationships are hard. And the way that you view a person when you first get together with them, 
versus who they show you who they are is very different. And I think that this film is a great portrayal of that. And it kind of shows how what hoops we will go through. And then when we finally have the strength to leave, how we cannot. Oh, yeah. And I, I've seen many uh, relationships like this, like where the person uh, wouldn't let the other person leave. And, you know, I, I was like, you should just leave. And they're like, I can't because I love them. Well, that's not love. That's that's being a, abused. That's being in an abusive relationship. That's being a victim. I mean, and, you know, it, I get that you want you want to believe that the person you're with will change, but they're not going to. They're not. And it and something I will say, too, is once you're in it, you can't see that you're in it because it happens slowly and subtly. And then once you realize what is happening, you've already made so many poor decisions and so many excuses. And you've defended this person for what? Because you didn't realize what was happening. It is. And you can see it with Mark and how he talks to Anna. And it is all that subtle manipulation that he does verbally and then backs it up physically the thing where i think is different is that anna and mark both equally brutalize each other which is very important in toxic relationships because you when started out we were viewing or the movie tried to have us view anna as the antagonist she's the one that's leaving mark mark is so distraught he comes back from his trip his work trip he leaves his work because he wants to focus on his family he's not a spy he wants to do this So we're like, oh, well, if he's making all these changes, Anna, why are you still like this? And then you see it from her point of view and you see what he does to her and you see how he talks to her, how they treat each other, how they brutalize each other, how he flies off the handle. Yeah. And um, it's just when you watch it, like Anna's Anna's not. How can I put this? Her her fighting isn't like her trying to be uh, an antagonist. It's her finally defending herself against the abuse. A hundred percent because Mark is the number one abuser in this relationship, which is why I think she holds on to the creature because the creature, like we've said, is what she hoped her relationship would be. Obviously, it is a creature that she kills for, but it is what she latches onto and what she holds onto. And I think when you're in these situations, when you're feeling so broken down and feeling like you have nothing left, you will grasp onto that because it's like, am I so dumb and so stupid that I've wasted all this time and all this? on someone that like doesn't matter doesn't care about me like you know what I'm saying so I think she really holds on to that and I think that is why it is their downfall yeah I think when you ask people that are in an abusive relationship you go why do you stay with them the first thing they say is you don't see the good parts all you see is the bad and it's like well the bad are really bad you know it could could be that good where you you know you outweighs uh, the the bad that's being done to you like the physical abuse the verbal abuse I mean you know, the good can't be that good. The good can't be that good. And here's the thing. Even if it's that good, that is not love. Love means something to everyone else, to everyone. And I'm not here to be judge and jury on like what a relationship is. What is love? I obviously am no expert. I have had many failed relationships, but I don't think that I've created a negative space around them. Or if I did, I, I apologize to my ex-partners because I would never want to. Because I believe... If you're entering into a relationship with someone, when you exit that relationship, there's still a lot of love there. Like that doesn't go away. You're still, no matter what happens, no matter what transpires, whatever good or bad or nothing, like people, people change, love is there. But what we see with Mark and Anna is just control. We don't see love. And I think that is why the relationship becomes so toxic. I mean, and okay, so I will say, 
outside of Jurassic Park and Hunt for the Wilder People, I was not a big Sam Neill fan. Um, his acting in this movie, unreal. Yeah, it's really well done. I, I like this movie a lot. Um, like I said, I did. I went into it and I didn't know anything about it. So like, it was just like a lot of shocking stuff. I'm like, oh my god, this woman ha- is having sex with this tentacled monster. So like, it was just like it blew my mind. But the whole thing was, it was meant to blow your mind. It was meant to have you going, what is going on? And then then you stop putting the pieces together and you're like, oh wait a minute, this isn't about this monster. This isn't about. It's about someone being viewed as a possession, not being possessed. So I, I liked it a lot. It was very psych, um, psychological and it, it had a deep meaning. Oh, it did. Absolutely. And something interesting about this film, I cannot pronounce the writer director's name. I am so sorry. It is very German and I do not want to buffle butter it up. So director writer actually wrote and directed this to cope with his own divorce. So I don't I think a lot of the brutality was embellished. But I mean, you can a lot of people like you can look at the disintegration of a marriage in many ways. I mean, look at a movie that came out on Netflix a few uh, years ago. Marriage Story was a huge one. You have Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. And I think with a lot of love, there's a lot of passion. And with passion, people can conflate that with hate and violence. And I don't think that's ever the answer. I don't think if you truly love someone, you will never put your hands on them. I, and I, I, act, I actively believe that. Yeah, and there's a lot of movies that make like like jest of stuff like this. Like, uh, what was it War of the Roses? There's a few movies that you look at and go, okay, but it's it's really not funny. I mean, the the movies are funny, but like, and all in all, like an abusive relationship being in one or like watching someone you love being in one is never fun. No, it's never fun, and it's never it's it's never what you want, and it's never what you hope for with with like someone like with another partner with anybody. I mean, I oh. But we all want love, right? And everyone's hunting for love. So who's to say, like, but know your worth, know your standards, and know your heart. And know that, yes, people will come and go, but those those that matter will stay. So side side sidetrack from this movie, um, but I have been thinking about another movie a lot, and it goes into um, relationships. Um, there's a new movie out in theaters, um, Celine Song's Past Lives. Um, I would highly recommend it. It is a great film about relationships. And I think it re- what it does so well is it contrasts a relationship and shows all the love versus this shows not, not, no love. I would say there's not a moment where I believe that Mark and Anna love each other. No, no. It's just they're in this relationship and it's just a possessive relationship. There's no love. They just, and that's why it, it, it climatically comes to a tragic ending. Just like we knew it would. Just when he's slapping the shit out of her on the street and she's screaming in his face and he's like, and then he runs away and she goes to her apartment to her creature Mark. I don't know. It is a great film, you guys. Please watch it. It is on Shudder and Amazon. Outside of that, you would have to rent it. Did you have to rent it or do you have Shudder? I rented it and it's worth the rent. Oh, it's absolutely worth the rent. I think everyone should watch this movie. I think it is a great film. And I think like even like the filming styles for 1981, uh, we've talked about this in the past, practical effects versus um, CGI effects. The practical effects of this monster is disgusting. And it really makes you feel that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like when you're watching it and she's having the sex with the monster, you're, you, you're kind of like cringing going, oh, this is disgusting. But, you know, I think sometimes like when people are in a abusive relationship and their partner's having sex with them, maybe that's how they're supposed to feel like they're supposed to feel disgusting. I mean, I hope I never have a partner where I feel disgusting during sex. That sounds awful to me. Abusive, but abusive relationship. And 
with an abusive relationship, it, it is hard and it is a different field and it is different for every person that is in that situation. And you can't say what is right or what is wrong. Ben, any final thoughts on the film? No, I'm good. I thought we covered it all. It was really good on this. Uh, I like the suggestion by you. Thank you very much. Uh, you always come up with some good stuff. And uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up in the future. Um, we got a couple more guests that will be back on. Like uh, we're talking to Adam, get him back on. Dorbins to come back on. So there's some good stuff in the, in the works. We got some more suggestions. And uh, we got, I forget the, the name of the movie we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks. But we got a bunch of stuff to put out. So keep watching. I mean, keep listening. And tuning into us yeah guys thank you um thank you thank you thank you we can't do what we do without you you give us purpose you give us hope and we hope that this is not a toxic relationship for you we hope you enjoy listening to us i know this movie is a little um out of pocket for what we've been covering lately uh we'll get back to those user suggestions we've been talking about doing branching out maybe doing some like japanese films some korean films maybe some french films there's a lot there's a lot on the docket and the world is bigger if you can read two like inches of subtitles. I love that Bong Joe Ho said that at the Oscars and it really has resonated with me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you enjoy. Please watch Possession. I would say if you are in a toxic relationship or just getting out of a relationship, maybe don't. Maybe maybe just wait till you're in a better place. But it is a great film and thank you so much. So catch us next time on What's Happening.